1: content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. The problem though with Tom Brady, he's more than willing to cross that field to shake hands when he wins, but now we've seen twice where he's lost and he's refused to shake hands. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels at Bad Beach with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Wednesday, November 25th, one day before Turkey Day. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844 843 6879. Again, that's three eight four four eight four three sixty eight seventy nine. 843 6879. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O P P O S I T E. Picks P I C K S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, a little YouTube chat as well. Right here again on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday, the 25th. We're number 14, end of an era, beginning of a season, Hall of Fame game, 25 and dropping, 150 and rising, bubble burst in Tampa Bay, Alabama, Florida holds the key to it all. Lucky the Irish, end of the line for Cincy, underrated cup of tea. Uh, that's a bad beat, and uh, friends like this, who needs enemies? We'll get to all those stories again. Push your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. It is a bagels and bad beats on this uh, Wednesday, November 25th. Well, I tell you, the sports world really loves to help itself out, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, if you think it's coincidental that college football had its first national championship power, whatever you want to call them, college football rankings reveal last night, uh, when there was nothing going on, uh, you, you're kidding yourself. You think college basketball is starting today uh, versus yesterday by accident? No. You think college football's MAC conference, which has been playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays the last couple of weeks and will continue to do so, doesn't or didn't have a game last night? Uh, no, that that is not coincidence, my folks, that they cleared the plate. For college football to have its first national rankings, which really are, are meaningless, in, in that, you know, we got four more weeks, and they've shown over the years that what they do in week one has nothing to do with what they do in week five when they announce the final night. But we'll get to them. This will surprise for sure. Bagels and Peppies.
0: to a wide open hole touchdown broncos
1: did you hear a whistle i heard a whistle i don't think i heard a whistle shades of dan marino don't Ah, yes, the good old days when we decided things on the football field. Ah, that was earlier this weekend. a little Mac action, but no Mac action last night. ESPN there with a call from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was kind of funny actually having one guy say, I heard a whistle, which there was a whistle. and the other guy, the play-by-play guy said, I didn't hear any whistle. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you, drugs? Uh, 844-843-6879. We did, though, last night uh, have our first college football national rankings pertaining to who's getting into the playoffs and who's not. Now, one thing I will say before we break it all down, and there's a lot to delve into, the committee has shown, even though the committee changes from year to year, the committee has shown that what happens one week doesn't necessarily happen the next in that you can be ranked, pick a number, uh, sixth this week. You could win, but that doesn't mean you're going to be sixth or even higher the next week. You could fall back to seventh or eighth, depending on what uh, teams number seven, eight, or nine do. They really do take it week by week. So if team number seven you know, has an impressive win or even number eight or number nine, They've shown they're more than willing to leapfrog that team number six. So don't don't think the pecking order. Whereas the national rankings, whether it's the College Football um, Coaches Poll or AP Poll, you know, generally speaking, if you're four this week and you win, you're staying four. You're going up no matter what happens behind you. uh, You know, barring something monumental, that that really is not the case. So don't go crazy, Pac-12 fans, because your highest team. Uh, is Oregon at 15. They more than uh, likely will increase that, you know, uh, if they continue to win. You know, same thing with some of the others Northwestern. Northwestern. Uh, the only one I would say no is, is Cincinnati, uh, which we will get to. But I think that the national reaction really kind of centers around BYU, which ended up being 14. But again, before we get into it all, you know, I have to poke fun if you will, or holes, really not fun. I got to poke holes in the whole process because the rankings to me are really biased. And, and just listen, the bottom line is there's just no way in the world Cincinnati's getting in. There's no way in the world BYU's getting in. I don't care if they played uh, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame. They're not putting them in. They're just not divvying up a piece of that pie. It's just not happening. And, and realistically, you got to start at the top, right? I mean, nothing for nothing. But the uh, selection committee chair is Gary Barta. So what? Well, he's the AD at Iowa. So what? Uh, He's the AD at a school that's fighting off a $20 million lawsuit for racial discrimination in its college football program. I mean, is this really the guy that should be leading the selection committee? I mean, I would like to think that this guy's got enough on his plate right now. He has enough issues dealing with the black players on the football team, you know, uh, doing like a mutiny and his head coach, you know, uh, Kirk Friends, you know, trying to fight off being fired and this and that. I mean, I would think this guy would have a heck of a lot more to worry about than whether who makes the final four college football playoffs. I mean, and again, not that for nothing, but Gary Barter, really, the Iowa AD? I mean, does anybody look into this stuff? You know, did it not, like, behoove Gary Barter to say, you know, listen, I love being in this position. I hate to let you guys down, but uh, my, my school's being sued for $20 million because of racial discrimination in 2020. I, you know, I have bigger fish to fry than worry about whether Ohio State or Texas A&M or Cincinnati is getting into a college football playoff. But Gary Barta is the guy that's in control because he's done just a heck of a job at Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. So they got Alabama number one. All right, no big deal. Little surprise, Notre Dame's number two. Okay, Clemson is where the fun begins at number three at seven and one. And Ohio State at number four, uh, the Buckeyes four and oh. We'll start there. Clearly, 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 clearly. Uh, they did not like the Big Ten at all. I mean, you have its best team in Ohio State ranked behind Clemson, uh, which has one loss. Uh, you really have given no respect to Northwestern, which is 5-0. and o. They're ranked eighth behind one-loss teams Clemson, Texas A&M, and Florida. And uh, nobody else to be found in the Big Ten, including uh, Indiana in the top ten. Indiana at 4-1, despite, you know, Zipping off four nice wins and, and going down to the wire against Ohio State, and they're ranked 12th, uh, again, behind some undefeated teams, uh, you know, behind two, a two-loss team in, in Georgia. Uh, That's really and behind a two-loss team in Oklahoma, uh, as a matter of fact. So Indiana's got one loss. It's a close loss against Ohio State, yet they're 12th. Clemson has one loss, close loss against Notre Dame, and yet they're 3rd. No respect given to the Big Twelve or Big Ten at all. J- just absolutely none. That was a consistent theme, whether it's Ohio State being only four, whether it's Northwestern being only eight, or whether it's one loss, Indiana being ranked 12th, which was behind two teams that have two losses. So clearly they have no respect for the Big Ten. They have no respect, uh, or they have a ton of respect, too much so for the SEC. Alabama, one. Texas A&M, two, Florida, three, Georgia, four. They have four teams out of one conference in the top nine. That's ridiculous. That really is ridiculous. I'm sorry. You cannot tell me that the SEC is that good. Georgia is not that good. They have two losses. You know what? That's too damn bad for them. They should not be ranked in the top 10 over a slew of teams that have no losses or one loss, they just shouldn't. So they hate the Big Ten, they love the SEC, they love Notre Dame, which I'll get to here in a sec because I'm a, you know, I'm an Irish guy, and uh, they're never going to put Cincinnati or BYU in. We'll start next up with BYU nine and zero. Listen, I don't care if they're 150 and zero. There's two sides to this equation. We'll take the first side. They're not getting in with that schedule. They're just not. You know, I can't blame them. Uh, their original schedule had a bunch of Power 5 teams. No monster teams on that schedule, but at least there were Power 5 teams. You know, Utah, not that good this year. Michigan State stinks. Arizona State, eh, okay. Minnesota blows. Missouri, mediocre. And Stanford, all, you know, all mediocre teams. But at least they're Power 5 teams, and, and they would have gotten a little bit more respect. But since all those teams were in conferences that decided that they're not playing non-conference games, well, you know, they lost all those games, so they had to go call up whoever was willing to play them, and they ended up getting a bunch of Troy States and, and uh, you know, all the Troy Rathers and, and uh, Texas San Antonio's and uh, Navy's, and, and just, that's just not going to get it done in order to get it to a college football playoff when you're an independent. It, it's just not. I mean, it's it's harder than hard to get in regardless uh, when you're not a power five team because they don't want to give up again a piece of that pie. And then when you come out with them with a schedule like that, it, it, it's just it's not happening. You know, it's it's just one of those things uh, where no one's at fault. Can't blame BYU. It's not like they didn't try and put a schedule together. They did conferences all bailed. And now you want to punish those conferences. You probably should. But they beat this year uh, a mediocre Navy team at best, a mediocre Troy team. Louisiana Tech, which stinks. Texas San Antonio, which stinks. Uh, You know, a mediocre Houston team. Texas State. You know, stop me when you get to a real football team. Western Kentucky, uh, Boise State, but was playing with its third-string quarterback. Not even its backup quarterback. It's third-string quarterback. And uh, you know, one double A, if you will. uh, North Alabama. I I mean, that that's you know, Topeka High could go undefeated with that schedule. I mean, they're not getting in with that. You, You just can't look other teams. In the face and say I wouldn't be you know 12 and 0 or 9 and 0 whatever it is 9 and 0 with that schedule as well. I mean and, you know BYU is the benefactor of being in that schedule, but you know if you're Georgia or you're Indiana or you're whatever, you'd all be 9 and 0 with that schedule. I mean and I'm all for the little guy. I am, but it's just not have. They don't have a beef. They just they realistically don't. And watching the show last night on the Four Letter Network. Uh, their head coach really didn't put up much of a fight. You know, I mean, what are you going to sit there and say? Yeah, we're, we're a great football team because we're good. Uh, but it doesn't do that. You know, they can yell and scream all they want about how they watch the games. It's based on your schedule. That, that's really what it is. I don't, I don't care what they say, but it's all based on your schedule. But I will tell you, that's the negative with BYU. I'm going to give them a major positive, which will be an anti-Notre Dame thing. That's coming up next. Baby with a Bad Beats on this Monday morning. stabs up, now loads and throws,
0: it's caught, it's catch backwards, up in the air, it's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands, and now it is down, it is over, and the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson.
1: Big of the bad beats on this Wednesday morning. Scott Wetzel sitting in taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time as we uh, break down the college football playoff. That's the focus of our poll today, uh, as you would expect it to be. Perhaps, uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but which team got screwed uh, from the uh, first college football ranking? Uh, more so than anyone else. Uh, go to your opposite picks feed. Get your vote in. We got BYU. uh, We got Cincinnati. We got Northwestern. And we got the proverbial other. So just posted it early on. I mean early. Put it up there about five minutes ago. BYU leading the way with 52%. But we'll update that a couple of times. Again, opposite picks uh, is uh, the Twitter feed. And uh, get your vote in. And uh, that should be interesting. So... You know, we're poking fun of BYU, but like uh, what we like to do here on Biggs and Bad Beats, we like to be fair, even if it means poking fun of one of the teams that we root for, which is Notre Dame. And I'll, I'll not, I won't bury the lead in that, you know, when you look at Notre Dame's schedule, right, if we really want to break it down into, okay, BYU doesn't have a great schedule, Cincinnati doesn't have a great schedule, Marshall doesn't have a great schedule, Coastal Carolina doesn't have a great schedule. That's all fine and dandy. Okay, fine. Uh, how about a schedule, though? What do you think about BYU and Cincinnati and those other teams I mentioned? How do you think they would go if they had a schedule of a powerhouses like Duke and South Florida and putrid Florida State, which doesn't have enough guts to go face Clemson? or uh, overrated Louisville, or, or mediocre Pittsburgh, or Georgia Tech, which is still trying to learn to throw the football, or Boston College, or Clemson. Okay, Clemson, great, but that was with Clemson with a backup quarterback, okay? Not the starting quarterback, i.e. BYU versus Boise State. Those teams that I mentioned, that's who's Notre Dame's on schedule so far this year. Now, they got a tough one against North Carolina coming up this weekend, actually Friday. Then he got Syracuse, which stinks, and Wake Forest, it stinks. And that's it. I mean, that you have one team on that schedule that has an over 500 record. One. Duke? No. South Florida? No. Florida State? No. Louisville? No. Pittsburgh? No. Georgia Tech? No. Boston College? No. Clemson. Clemson. That's it. So, you know, if you want to yell and scream, this is what the, you know, the phoniness of this uh, BCS selection playoff, whatever they want to call themselves, committee. You know, you want to tell me on one hand BYU's schedule and Cincinnati's schedule and Marshall's schedule and the others aren't good. Okay, but then you turn around and you give me Notre Dame, which beat Clemson. I get that at home, though in overtime against a backup quarterback who never even played outside of basically garbage time. I mean, it's not like a backup quarterback that, you know, played a year and got benched. You know, it has a whole bunch of experience. I mean, the kid's got to be terrific. Don't get me wrong. But the bottom line is you still had to go to overtime to beat a a team with a backup quarterback. You can't possibly get credit like that's, you know, really Trevor Lawrence led Clemson. You, You just can't. So, you know, as much as I love Notre Dame, if, if you want to give me schedule for these other teams for being their deficiencies, uh, how do you have Notre Dame two? Now, not, not even three or four. You, you have them as the second best team in the country beating the likes of the Duke, South Florida, Louisville, Putrid, Florida State, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, and Boston College. What are you kidding me? I mean, how do you sit there with a straight face and, and give me that and then and then put down BYU and Cincinnati? Doesn't make any sense. Be consistent. That's all we ask for, right? Whether it's umpires, whether it's ballplayers, whether it's commissioners, whether it's head coaches, we ask for consistency and being consistent on, uh, you know, penalizing, if you will, Cincinnati and BYU, and then propping up Notre Dame. It, it just, it's Notre Dame. There you go. It's Notre Dame, Scott. I know it. You know it. I know it. I'm an Irish guy. And I'm all happy that they're number two. It doesn't really change things if they're two, three, or four. Ultimately, they still have to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game, I I, I would think anyway, in order for them to get in. But it's just not fair. And, and, you know, it's it's our job to poke holes at this stuff. Uh, You know, so having them at number two uh, that high, really, it's a knock on – you know, there's no one else there, and they just hate the Big Ten. You know, could they have put Ohio State at number two? Absolutely. Absolutely they could have. You know, and then put the Notre Dame three and Clemson four. But for whatever reason, they decided they didn't want to do that. I, I don't know what this, uh you know, uh, knock is. I won't say love affair. Just the opposite. I I don't know why they hate the Big Ten as much as they do. You know, why are they giving, you know, so little respect for Ohio State? I mean, they're 4-0. All right. um okay they they struggled uh, i suppose if you want to say that against Indiana and they really didn't you know they were leading 35-7 the game was over you know i i mean they let their foot down a little bit i mean so what that happens all the time they blew out Nebraska you know they annihilated Penn State on the road uh, they crushed Rutgers. OK, no big deal on that. And then they beat, you know, a number nine ranked Indiana team, which no matter what the circumstances is still obviously a pretty good football team. So why are they getting put? What have they done to deserve the, such little respect when you win by 35 against Nebraska? You, you beat the crap out of Penn State. You win by 13. But really, that, that was a 20 point game. Never in doubt. You, you blow out a bad Rutgers team. Uh, and then to take care of business against Indiana, what, what what would you want from that football team? They deserve to be uh, ranked below Notre Dame and and below Clemson of all teams with one loss. I don't I don't see it, but they they just hate the Big Ten, so that that's another little strike on the uh, on the agenda here. You know the other thing, no love affair for the Pac-12, but again that that's going to change. You know the, the Oregon's the highest ranked team at 15. You know, they have three more regular season games left and end the Pac-12 championship at 7-0 and if it was Oregon or USC uh, that ran the table. Would that be enough to get into the Final Four? You know what? I think it would. I really do. I, I, they're Listen, they are looking for anything possible to keep Cincinnati out of the equation. That's the bottom line. They are not going to allow a non-Power 5 team in this championship unless it's something unforeseen where they just they just have to because there's everyone else has 3 losses. Uh I, I let, let's put it this way. They've already made note that a 5 and 2 Georgia team will more than likely get in over, you know, a 10 and 0 Cincinnati team. That that's you know, having Georgia with two losses right there and, and really stuck and not, you know, playing in the SEC championship game barring a miracle. So but they've already had them position where when push comes to shove at the end of the year, if we really needed a two loss football team to keep, uh, um, you know, this uh, Cincinnati team or BYU team out, they're going to post Georgia in there. Uh, They will. As long Mm -hmm. as Georgia runs the table, obviously, they're not getting in because they would need Florida to lose twice. Uh, and that's obviously not happening. But they would put an 8-2 Georgia football team in over Cincinnati. They, they just would. They're just not going to let them in. They're just not going to let them in. It's as simple as that. So here's the caveat to it all. If you are a Cincy and BYU and, and uh, whatever fan, and you're rooting still, despite what I'm saying, uh, having your team get in, you need teams to run the table. Uh, the scenario is is pretty evident. Alabama's got to run the table. They got to win the SEC championship game. Knock Florida with six to uh, a two-loss Florida team. I don't think he's going to get in. Uh, you need Notre Dame to beat Clemson. <clears throat> I don't think a Clemson with two losses, despite one of them being with the backup quarterback, uh, I don't think Clemson would be getting in. Uh, you need Ohio State to to run the table. Uh, if if Northwestern were to lose, but then beat Ohio State. Well, I tell you, the, the, you know, they've shown, obviously, they don't like the Big Ten. I don't know. Would, would a one-loss Northwestern Big Ten championship team get in? Uh, they would over Cincinnati, I'll tell you that. You know, Probably they would. Uh, but you need Ohio State to really take care of Northwestern because a one-loss Northwestern team would not get in. And these rankings also tell you that a one-loss Ohio State team is not getting in. So in order for teams to to kind of have an open slot, You need Alabama to take up one slot, SEC not get two, so Florida is eliminated. Uh, You need Notre Dame to beat Clemson, so Clemson gets eliminated. That's two slots. And then you have Ohio State to run the table to eliminate Northwestern and eliminate any chance of a a one-loss Ohio State team getting in. I don't think they would, like I said, uh, with the lack of respect that they're showing this club, but just for the sake of argument, they run the table, there's three slots, and then you have that fourth slot. And that fourth slot would either go to Texas A&M, which is actually in a pretty good spot in that they can't really lose again. You know, in and, and a lot of ways, yeah, Florida's in a position to increase its resume, but they're also in a position to lose to Alabama and have its second loss and be eliminated. Where Texas A&M is not going to get to play in the SEC title game, but they got a couple more games left. They could finish up with a 7 and 1 record and at the end of the year say, well, listen, our only loss was to number one Alabama, and it wasn't an embarrassingly bad loss. So they're better off AM not getting into the SEC title game and losing to Alabama a second time. So they would have a yelling argument. Cincinnati would have a yelling argument. Um, you know, maybe, maybe in Oklahoma, dare I even say it, with two losses, would have a yelling argument. There really aren't that many great football teams. And then, and, and, you know, the Pac 12, that's why I say if the Pac 12 runs the table, then I think the champ is getting in because ultimately I do think uh, Alabama is going to win. Um, I I don't know about Clemson and Notre Dame. That's that's the one. You know, Clemson wins. Obviously, they're in. Would Notre Dame get in with that schedule? Again, if it came down to Notre Dame and Cincinnati or BYU, without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, but if you're going to answer yes, then that means Notre Dame's. Ability to get into the national championships picture uh lies on this weekend's game against North Carolina. They win that game, then that means they're in, no matter what happens. If you believe that. So they beat North Carolina, they're into the final four. Bagels and bad beats, eight four four, eight four three, six, eight, seven, nine. More coming up on this Wednesday morning, with Scott Webster. Head coach John Harbaugh as they get set for tomorrow night's Thanksgiving night game against undefeated Pittsburgh with the uh, coronavirus running ravaged through their program. Uh, running back to J.K. Dobbins. Mark Ingram tested positive. They're out. Uh, defense attack of Brandon Williams placed on the reserve COVID-19 list as well. Um, You know, apparently it's gone through the program a little bit more to the point where the four letter network is reporting that uh, any more positive tests and they might have to postpone the football game. I don't think that's going to occur. But what do I know? Uh, I I would think it would take a minor miracle. We've seen some real drastic situations. College, yes. But in the NFL, the show must go on. And for them to cancel a football game in the NFL, uh, let alone a Thursday night Thanksgiving evening headline game of the day football game. Uh, things would have to really be disastrous, you know, especially now that although with Baltimore, I was going to say now that first place isn't on the line in the AFC North, it's a foregone conclusion, you know, Pittsburgh with a four game lead, they're going to win that division. So it's not that important. However, you know, the Ravens are also fighting now for a playoff spot. So they, they were not helped out by their situation by losing this past week. So this game is huge versus just a, not necessarily a throwaway game, but a game, like I said, where first place isn't on the line. So you don't want to have a team come in shorthanded. But uh, th- this obviously is a big game for Baltimore, which has lost three of its last four and, and now has to deal with all these injuries. So I, like I said, I would I really would be shocked beyond belief if they canceled this football game. No Thursday night game. I don't know if the NFL would, um, you know, probably not because it's all based on TV contracts, but I was going to say, You know, how uh, inclined are they to move a football game from 4.30, i.e. Dallas-Washington, to Thursday night? You know, we haven't had Thursday night Thanksgiving football for a long time. What's it been, about three, four years, I guess, right? They've added that third game. It's it's really a pretty good thing. But, you know, generally speaking, Thanksgiving— you sit around the table, you watch some football Thursday afternoon, and and there you go. There's your Thanksgiving. But we've gotten into this Thursday night thing, and it's kind of like a Sunday night thing. People are home, they're done eating, you know. With, I don't know if they would move. You know, it's not an NBC game. I don't know the NBC would take over. They would say, okay, CBS, go ahead. It's your, it's your game. You know, but maybe they would do that. You know, if if Baltimore said we just can't play today, you know, but they, they tell the world, listen, we can't play, you know. You don't have to worry about fans, you know, and tickets and planning on going to a 4:30 game in Dallas because there aren't going to be any fans or well 10,000 fans, whatever it is 15,000. Um I maybe don't be surprised to see that, but like I said, I I would be shocked overall uh if they ended up uh canceling the football game. Listen, Baltimore's got bigger issues to fry as far as uh you know whether they can play or not because the way they are playing, it, it really uh they have some serious issues. After losing to Tennessee this past week, upset in overtime, right? You got the harbaugh mike Rabel situation. Are they shaking hands? Didn't they shake hands? I, I thought with Tennessee we- was Bush, you know, hopping on the- their logo. At, you know, that that's high school stuff, as we talked about the other day. You-, you get that at Topeka High. You don't get that in the NFL. You know, you want to do that in college, okay. You know, but to me, it's it's childish. It really is. I expected more out of Tennessee. But they had to fight, and it is what it is. But they have that on their hands. Now they get the coronavirus on their hands. And now they have a leader. That I don't know, you know, if he's capable of leading at this point. You know, Lamar. I am very, very disappointed in Lamar Jackson. I told you, I don't root for scrambling quarterbacks. I don't. I want. I don't want to see these guys have success. I don't want college football, uh, you know, integrating the NFL. I like. I love college football, but college football is college football. I don't want quarterbacks that are running around. Whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Baker Mayfield, whether it's uh, Kyler Murray, whether it's my guy Tua with Miami. I, I want to see quarterbacks, you know, drop back and throw. So that said. I'm not necessarily rooting for Baltimore, especially since uh, my my guy, uh, you know, Nick Boyle is no longer playing since he blew out his knee. So that said, Lamar this week, uh, you, you have to, you know, someone better pull him aside and say, hey, what's, what's going on, Lamar? You know, um, last week you're telling the world you think other teams know your plays, which is a shot at what the offensive coordinator, the head coach, um, yourself, I mean, what is it? You know, how is it that other teams know your plays and why are you pitching about that? I mean, it's basically Lamar Jackson left and Lamar Jackson right. doesn't take a genius to, to know the Baltimore Ravens playbook, right? But, okay, you said that. You're upset. Maybe you want to get the team fired up for a big game uh, this past week against Tennessee. Then you lose that football game. Then you come out of that football game and you say, I feel like people want us to lose. Like, oh, yeah, they do, Lamar. I mean, you know, they're trying to catch you. I don't know what people you're talking about, but the opposition and fans, yeah, they they want Baltimore to lose. They're, They're trying to catch you. And then he says the team looked like, meaning Tennessee, that they wanted it more than we did. And now it's like, all right, I'll deal with other teams know our plays. I'll deal, I'll deal with, the, I, I feel like people want us to lose. But now you throw that the opposing team wanted it more than you did. And, and, you know, somewhere along the line, someone's got to pull Lamar aside. Seems like a good guy. He is easy to root for. I don't root for his style. Let's put it that way. But he seems like a nice enough guy and, and you want, someone you'd want to root for. But someone's got to pull him aside and say, listen, Lamar, I hate to break it to you here, brother, but You are the face of the franchise. You know, when you say other teams know our plays, well, you're in a position to get out of that play and do something different. When you say your team didn't want it as much as the opposing team, well, you're the leader of the team. You're the guy that's supposed to represent the team. You're the guy that's supposed to provide the spark for your team. You're the guy that is supposed to want it more than the other team. So are you ripping yourself? Are you ripping John Harbaugh, the head coach? Again, are you ripping the coordinators? Are you ripping the players, your teammates? You know, again, and you're in the position where you're the face of the franchise. You know, if it's a secondary guy and someone said that, they'd be ripping you. They'd be saying, listen, you're our leader, and you're not showing that you're leading the football team. So I I don't know where he's coming from. It's not a good look for an MVP. It, It really isn't. We want to complain about Tom Brady, as I did yesterday, not shaking hands after losses. That's not a good look. And Lamar Jackson, you're defending, if you will, MVP, complaining about not wanting to win football games and bitching and moaning every single week. That's not a good look either for Baltimore and the NFL. But again, Lamar, you're the face of the team. You're the guy that is supposed to get your team pumped up and want to win. You're the guy that is supposed to be checking out of plays and using audibles so the defense doesn't know what's going on. Uh, You're the guy that is supposed to get people to like your team and get over the hump of being the hunter to the huntee. You know, it's a little different there when you're underappreciated and people don't think you should be a quarterback and you surprise the league with your speed and everything else and your ability to a certain extent to throw the football. It's nice and easy, years number one and two. But you get into that third year where all of a sudden you're now the huntee not the hunter it's it's just a different look it's a different feel and the, you're failing as a leader Lamar Jackson is failing with this Baltimore Ravens team and he can complain all he wants about other people wanting them to lose and the other teams wanting to win more it's really a knock on Lamar Jackson that that's really what it is so i don't know if they're going to put up a fight against Pittsburgh as a dolphin fan fellow dolphin fans you know we kind of circled a couple of games this one you know at baltimore Maybe at Cleveland to close out the season as games that the Steelers might lose, so they wouldn't finish the record uh, the season undefeated. So our Dolphins uh, undefeated season remains intact as the only team to do so. But uh, I, I am concerned about it. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm not uh, getting a good vibe out of this thing. You know, it's a great rivalry, and Pittsburgh has shown that they're more than capable of losing at home to Baltimore, much like Baltimore showed a couple of weeks ago against Pittsburgh. Especially with no fans in the stands, but. And it is kind of good, Dolphin fans, that Baltimore has its life on the line. I mean, they really got to be doing a lot of soul-searching over these last three days in preparation for this football game. I mean, if, if we don't get Baltimore's A-A-A-A-A effort, then you know this team is in a lot of trouble. But that all said, it's not looking good. It's it's, it's not looking good. Now, you got Steelers tied in. Eric Ebron assist, insisting this week that uh, – The Steelers aren't worrying about having an undefeated season. And while I don't doubt that, you know, the big picture of them winning the Super Bowl, uh, it is an extra little caveat on their resume. And you'll never convince me the 07 Patriots lost to the Giants because they were undefeated. People thinking that, oh, they should have lost the game down the stretch when everything was all clinched you know tom brady's not overthrowing receivers receivers aren't dropping a football because they're looking at themselves saying we have a chance to go 19 at all that that had absolutely nothing to do with them laying an egg in that super bowl just just nothing so um but you know maybe just maybe pittsburgh uh, you know will lighten up a little bit down the stretch but this is like i said one of the games tomorrow that we thought maybe the steelers would would uh, screw up a little bit but uh, with all these uh, COVID nineteen situations, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Now that's unfortunately for sure. You know what is happening? Believe it or not, college basketball starts tonight. Wow, yeah. I I mean I am. Uh, it caught me by surprise. I I must say, and college basketball in the pecking order of life and sports in our country, NFL one. Um. College football two, when you just incorporate everything, every little small little town, college football, maybe two, you know, baseball three, NBA four. You could debate on whether college basketball or NHL is five, but it's 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 in that, you know, area. So it's it's obviously prominent. And the one thing college basketball, what really college in general, you know, there's a lot of good things pertaining to college football and college basketball, right? But the one thing they missed the boat on is, is exemplified again tonight. It's the start of the season. So you would think, right, as the NFL does, they would have monster games. You know, the NFL has that opening Sunday night or Thursday night game or two. You know, Major League Baseball generally has a halfway decent opening day schedule. You know, uh, you know even the NHL has, has a pretty good opening slate. NBA has a good opening slate. College basketball, you would think tonight, right? Opening night of the season. Well, you know, we're not going to have Duke, North Carolina. Okay, I get that, but you're going to have some terrific, I would think, you know, conference games or non-conference showdowns, rivalries. You know, give me Duke, and then pick a team out of the ACC that they could play. You know, you pick a team out of the SEC if you want to go there. There's a gazillion games, right? They'll go through the top 20 in college basketball. It's got to be a good one. Give me Villanova versus Duke um, or, or some of the others. Yeah, I know in a COVID-19 year, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but what do we have tonight to start the day? We actually have a game at noon Eastern time. Uh, the biggie to start the college basketball season. Duke, no. UCLA, no. Indiana, no. Villanova, no. Virginia, no. Gonzaga? No. North Carolina? No. Who's left, right? Uh, Big Ten Ohio State? No. Uh, Anyone? Texas? No. We got Oakland versus Xavier kicking off the college basketball season at noon Eastern time this afternoon. Uh, That doesn't whet the appetite. How about that biggie at one o'clock, an hour later? between North Dakota and Miami of Ohio. <laughs> that's that's what they have scheduled to start its college basketball year. They did the same thing in college football. I forget the games, but they were dopey teams. I mean, it's the start of the college basketball season. You know, they, they, they got March Madness that, that they highlight. You know, they, they generally have the Midnight Madness, where the first day of practice, you know, they have all the teams practicing at the 12 one Eastern time, so they get their first practice in, and then they finally get the season. And what do they do? They give us Oakland versus Xavier and North Dakota versus Miami of Ohio. Good gravy. College basketball just dropped the ball today. Just absolutely dropped it. Bagels the Bad Beats on a Monday morning. We close that hour. Or on a Wednesday morning, we close that hour number one. this Wednesday morning, as we approach top of the hours, yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next uh, hour plus, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. Yep, we got three football games at this point uh, set for Thanksgiving. Run down the odds here. Uh, I tell you, I I do like some games this weekend a lot. It almost looks too easy to be true. Uh, Houston Lane 3 at Detroit. Uh, that Lions team has fallen apart at the seams. They never win on Thanksgiving. You'd think it would be just the opposite. Uh, I don't have the records handy, but they they have been just brutal over the last 10, 15 years playing on Thanksgiving. So hard not to like the Texans who have won two in a row and then maybe just maybe. and Not, not that they're making necessarily a playoff run, but uh, yeah, just making a little push to respectability here. Uh, Dallas laying only three against Washington. That's the real head scratcher. I I mean, Washington had no business beating the Bungles last week. If uh, not for the Joe Burrow injury, they would have lost that game. Having Washington in uh, my pool, don't ask why, but that is why, I suppose, why I watched a lot of that football game, and uh, that Redskin team was deader than dead until Burrow went out, and then the Bungles were even deader than dead. Otherwise, they would have lost, and Dallas looked obviously real good in its win at Minnesota. So, not exactly sure why Dallas is only a three point home favorite, with in essence, first place probably on the line. Uh, I, I, so, I love Dallas initially. And then Pittsburgh's line is now up to five, five and a half. See, it was four. So, it jumped up a little bit with the the virus situations over under 44 and a half. I love the over in, in that one. So, the, you got three games to me, which all look pretty easy. I don't know if I'd be laying that monster five with Baltimore. Uh, against Baltimore, but I do think there's going to be some points in that football game, as there was in their first meeting. So three games tomorrow, three pretty strong angles from, from yours truly, but a ton of other games that we'll take a look at college football as well, slew of games college football-wise on, on Friday, including the Notre Dame game against North Carolina. My right, Bagels and Bad Beats, hour number one in the books, hour number two to go right here. Yours truly, Scott. West.